Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast with me, Aaron Stokes. And I'm joined this morning by John Gibson as we look ahead to this weekend's clash with Southampton. As you know, if you listen to the podcast earlier this week, Andrew Musgrove is not in this week. He's selfishly gone off to get married, so you're stuck with me on hosting duties for the foreseeable. Plenty for us to talk about today. We'll, we'll look back at that tremendous win at the weekend over Villa before looking at what Newcastle need to do to get a result at Southampton. Gibbo, let's start with Villa then at, at St James's Park. Yeah. Newcastle United, it's going to take some getting used to, isn't it? The fact that they're, they're a really, really good side now, aren't they? When, when you're as old as me, I mean, it does get take getting used to because I haven't seen too much of it down the years. Certainly not in the Ashley years. I mean, it's wonderful to be looking up at the top half of the table. Not the top half, the top four, for goodness sake. Rather than looking down at the bottom four, which is what we've done first season upon season. They are good side. There's absolutely no question about that. And if we can keep our top players fit, by that, I mean Bruno, Callum Wilson, etc., uh, etc. Et if they can stay fit, then we're good side. We we'll only become vulnerable. You take Callum Wilson out, you know, without banging on. You take Callum Wilson out the equation and you're vulnerable up top. You're vulnerable forward, through the middle, centre forward. But outside of that, we're pretty well covered in most positions. I mean, a year ago or more, Aaron, the idea of Maxi being out for, what, six weeks or whatever it is, would have killed the side. The side would have been killed because Steve Bruce had a plan A, which was get the ball to Maxi. There was no plan B, C or D. If that didn't work, we were snug it. Um, and now, we it's, it's harsh to say we didn't we have missed Maxi because on top form and ironically was just before he was injured you know he ran man city ragged and then scored a wonder goal down at wolves so he was on top form but we haven't lost him because almirin stepped up to the plate in his absence and uh, we are good side we're only vulnerable in one position and that doesn't mean it can't be improved because any side can be improved look at liverpool uh it can be improved but the one position where I would feel really vulnerable, I was going to say if he got injured, it's almost when he gets injured, isn't it, with Callum, uh, is centre-forward. But outside of that, we're terrific side. I mean, we've only lost one in 13 uh, in the league, one in 14 if you take the League Cup in. Um, and there's only the top two, Arsenal and Man City, that have lost as few as we have, i.e. one, one match. Um, now that by our standards, fourth in the league, three points ahead of Chelsea, who come up here next, so we can stretch that, and eight points ahead of Liverpool. Who would have said at this stage, Aaron, that we would be eight points ahead of Liverpool? I know. I mean, honestly, you look at Amanda Staveley's comments this time last year, and she said it was going to take time and patience and investment to get to where they are. They're so ahead of schedule, aren't they? I think nobody oh. expected 
the rise to become, you know, as, as meteoric as it has. You know, you've, you've touched on, on the t- quality players there, you know, the top sort of stars that have been, are usually the ones that, you know, drive this team forward. And I read your column last night or, or this morning in, in the yeah. paper, and you made a very good point about the four ever-present players that have been in this team. And there's only four that have played in every game so far. And that is Kieran Trippier, who we know is one of the blue chips. But the other three, and that's Joe Willock, Jacob Murphy and Sean Longstaff now, three oh. players that really should be on the fringes, shouldn't they? But they're, they're playing a pivotal role in this team. Absolutely. I mean, that could be a quiz question now and in years to come. <laughs> Who were the four players? And I bet not many would get all four. Because, um, as you say, with total respect to the other three guys, they're really backup guys. They're really backup guys. And if, if most Newcastle supporters put their first 11 on the table with everybody fit, they probably wouldn't be in it. Those three, I mean, certainly uh, Murphy wouldn't be in it. Would Willick and Sean Longstaff? Well, you would have Bruno and uh, Joe Linton in there, and some might go then for Shelby or whatever, whatever. And so it, it is quite amazing. But I get the feeling, and don't you, that Eddie Howell love that. He loves it's all for one and one for all. You know, there's no Mr. Big Time Charlie's. You know, they're all way in. And yes, there's a reason why those four are ever present. Of course, because Bruno's been injured and uh, Callum Wilson's been injured. They would be ever present if they could have been. But there's other Botman was actually left out. Can you believe the way Botman's playing now? He was actually left out a few weeks back. Pope, of course, didn't play at Tranmere. Um, and I've got, you know, I've got a feeling that this weekend. Those four, the record will be maintained. Of course, Trippier start, but I, I, I think uh, Willock and um, Longstaff have got a good chance in midfield, especially with Joe Linton. I know he played left wing last time, but with Joe Linton injured, and Murphy will get on because he always does. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that record is maintained. It, it's Southampton this weekend. It's quite incredible, but. I mean, who can argue against it? I've said it before, tongue-in-cheek. If he wants to play Dan Byrne and goal, that's okay by me because everything that's touched at the moment goes right. Um, exactly. It, it is like, I mean, I honestly believe you said it. You know, can we believe, could could uh, Amanda believe a year ago where we're at now? I don't think Amanda could. I don't think Eddie Howe could. Uh, I don't think Billy Sells, who was captain then, could. We certainly couldn't. Not that quick. We thought it was going to happen, but not as quick as this. It has been. And it doesn't look fluky, does it? You know, you don't think, oh, we've fluked a few results. We're, we're about to get found out. You don't feel like that. You don't really. And, and I think a lot of people you spoke to before the season were take, saying, you know, let's take top half, let's take seventh or eighth. And I think even, you know, behind the scenes at the club, from what we understand, that was probably around the aim. They weren't certainly... Sure going to be sort of, you know, getting rid of Eddie Howe if they weren't making European spots. Now, you know, you're two games in before this World Cup break. You've got a real chance now of going into that winter break in the top four. And I think Guardiola said it best last week when he said this team really are contenders now because it doesn't look like a fluke. As you've touched on, they've only lost once to yeah. Liverpool in, in a cruel fashion. They've taken points off Tottenham, Manchester United, Manchester City, um, and they're you know, they're really demolishing these littler teams, five against Brentford, four against Aston Villa. 
Um, so it, it doesn't look like a fluke. Now, one thing I want to ask is, Eddie Howe's been very, very tight-lipped. He will not put a target on their back, which is probably the smart thing to do. Do you it think unquestionably that, is. You've covered this club a long time. What is he saying to those players internally? Is he saying now, we've got to aim for Europe now? Yeah, he, he's, he's what he's trying to do is keep, he wants to bottle what we've got, the camaraderie, uh, the passion, the belief without showboating. I mean, the only one you've probably got to keep a lid on is Maxi because he, Maxi's Maxi. You know, he, he'll believe he's heading to the stars on a rocket and all that sort of thing. And I mean that nicely. Um, because he's that sort of exuberant guy. You've just got to keep a lid on it. But privately, he'll be saying, if not to the players, when he's in the boot room, as Liverpool used to call it, he'll be saying, listen, we if we keep going and the gods smile upon us, and that is only through injury, not wanting results, not wanting VAR to turn nice or anything like that, only let's not have... Um, injuries and funny enough and if I want to keep my feet on the ground because I'm not used to flying high like this I'm used to being knee deep in clots if I want to keep my feet on the ground I think of the little period when we had injuries there was a short period this season where we hadn't um, Wilson and we didn't have Bruno now we suddenly were at home back to back to Crystal Palace and Bournemouth and we only draw the two suddenly that's reality, the other side of reality. The reality is everybody's fit, we're a good side. The other reality is two key injuries and because we're building up the squad and we're building up the club, we're not immediately ready to handle that. And, and you know, that is when things um, get a bit stale. We still didn't don't lose but we don't win some matches. I mean, if you look back on Crystal Palace and, and Bournemouth, if we were playing them again now, we win them. With the sides we've got out now, we win. Yeah. But without uh, without Wilson and without Bruno, it becomes a different ball game. So my only slight trepidation is if you get into that situation again. And of course, it's a realistic one with Callum, bless him. I mean... I'm buying for Christmas loads of cotton wool and sending up to St James's Park just to put them in a box around to buy it to keep them healthy between games. You know, I mean, do we want them to go to the World Cup? Of well, course, we do for his sake, but yeah. not for our sake. Not for our sake. It would be lovely to see him putting his feet up in Dallas Hall or wherever in there and relaxing and getting ready to start again. Do we want them playing three games in in six days for England or whatever? I know that with Kane, that mightn't happen. But, but, uh, you don't want to be too selfish with him because I, I I think, you know, one of the things that's really got him buzzing, 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 and by Joe, he looks some player now, is because he wants not only to do well for Newcastle, but the World Cup's just there. You can touch it with your finger. Mm -hmm. You know, take that dream away from him and it's human nature to be disappointed. Well, you've segued perfectly into my next question. That was going to be Callum Wilson and his England chances because I feel yeah. like you hit the nail on the head there. And that is, as a Newcastle United support, I would love nothing more than to see Newcastle United's number nine playing oh. for England in the World Cup. But I feel like I would love to see him on a beach for two weeks even more, just resting. Because as you say, 
it's not a case of if, it's a case of when we're Wilson. And we've seen with him in the team, they're a different, you know, they're a oh. different animal entirely. I, I mentioned on a podcast with Simon Bird on Monday, he's had so many injuries, two bad ACL injuries at Bournemouth. He's had yeah. a lot of hamstring problems at Newcastle. And he always just finds a way back to form. It does not hamper his career at all. Two it doesn't hamper his form. It hampers yeah. his career. His form. Sorry, yeah. It doesn't hamper his performance. He never looks like he's really struggling. He's it's amazing. Like that. Yeah, he is. He, it, it is a. It, it's a. It's a phenomenal uh, feat from him. Two amazing goals at the weekend. He took the penalty really well. You know, he could have had three or four really oh. with Southgate watching in the in the stands. The squad's probably going to come out on Monday. If you're a betting man, does he make it or does he not? Yes, the only thing that would... I mean, on form, he's passed the post. Mm. He's the best centre-forward after after Harry Kane. You've got to hold up your hands with Harry Kane. There's no question about that. But after that, he is a class above all the other orthodox centre-forwards you can talk about. But there's never been a question about that. The only question Southgate would be sitting, probably now, sitting at home with the curtains drawn and biting his nails saying, do I or don't I? Yes or no? And the only bit that says no is can he last a whole tournament of intense training every day and playing quick, quick, quick if he gets in the side? And on, on form, you would say yes. On ability, you would say definitely. On injuries, if you weren't us, you would say no. But then you look at what the alternatives are, and yeah. they ain't much. I think he'll he'll make it. But uh, if he does, I'll be biting my fingernails instead of Southgate biting his. And the difficulty is, isn't it, from Southgate's point of view, the only reason you wouldn't take him is that if he got injured in the first week, you can't go and get another one. You, you're stuck with that's your squad, so you're worn down straight away. That's the only questions against him because on ability, but he's always been a top centre forward on ability. And, and you know, you were saying we'd love to see in Newcastle, you would love to see Newcastle number nine with England. I was lucky enough to follow England when Newcastle's number nine was their skipper, Alan Shearer. And happy days. What a what a wonderful, wonderful goal scorer he was. Uh, he got injuries now to reinvent himself, but there weren't these type of injuries. He got physical, his legs got battered, and he, he lost a little bit of pace. Not that he was ever blessed with pace, but he had to reinvent his game a little bit. And he did with the help of Bobby Hobson, and then continued to be a top, top goal scorer. Uh, with this guy, he's got six and nine for us. Of course, he should go with England. But I wouldn't cry if he didn't. I would cry for him because I think he would take it tough. And I can understand why. At this stage of his career, even taking out injuries, Aaron, he ain't going to get another World Cup. Yeah, He's the wrong side of 30. He ain't going to get another World Cup finals, I'm talking about, four years' time. So this is it for him. So I don't begrudge him. I hope he goes. And I hope all he does is deliver the tea on a in a teapot on a <laughs> tray and doesn't get on the field too often. Yeah, water boy, hopefully, if he goes. That's, yes, that's yes. One. Yeah, look, I, I completely agree. I think we're in a privileged position that if he goes, it's fantastic. If he stays, it's from a selfish point of view, it's also fantastic for Newcastle. Now, Callum Wilson isn't the only goal scorer. We've also had, you know, the Miggy Almeron show. He's he's had a goal of the month competition all to himself in October. Now Regular listeners of the podcast will know Andrew Musgrove. 
He flies yeah. that flag. He's flown it for years. He he comes into the office draped in his Paraguay flag, giving his love for Miggy. <laughs> and he always he always makes the point that you went you never doubted him. Now you weren't alone. A lot of people were in this club where they didn't think Miggy was going to make it, and he's flattered to deceive. Another fantastic goal on Saturday. He just looks like a player that has just he's never been this confident in any castle shirt, does he? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, you can't believe what Miggy has achieved. And, well, you can if you look at Joe Linton, because mm-hmm. it's what it's what Eddie Howe's achieved. Yeah. If, if, and I'm not wanting to get obsessed about Steve Bruce, I'm really not. But if Steve Bruce was still at this club, Miggy would still be missing the barn door from three paces. And because he didn't know the job he had to do, he didn't have the confidence, he didn't believe. You listen to Shaw's quotes this week. He said the minute he met, he's confused. The minute he met um, uh, Eddie Howe, his confidence, he suddenly become eight foot six. He's eliminating the mistakes he made. Miggy is suddenly being told, stop running towards corner flags. A bit of wood you should be running towards is the two posts and get in there and finish. He looks a totally different player. He didn't look as if he, did, he had it in him. And I know, I know... Um, I know Andrew, God bless him, and well done, Andrew, for his sort of walking on water. I suggest that he keeps his wellies on for the moment. It takes a little <laughs> few more steps than the ones we've just seen. But, I mean, he, when we watched him go 26 games, when he first came to Newcastle, where we go, we thought he could give you Usain Bolt a good run over 100 metres, but we didn't think he could stick the ball in the net. And his record right up to this season has suggested that he couldn't. I mean, last season, he scored one goal. Wonder goal. But there are wonder goals with Miggy. Mm. But he scored one goal for somebody that occupied the front three position in the line. Uh, you know, that ain't good enough by anybody's standards. Um, but he's been transformed. And you give credit to two people. Eddie Howe, obviously, because he's done it with Shaw. He's done it with Joe Linton. He's, he's a miracle worker with individuals. Um, but also, you give credit to Miggy, who has taken aboard everything that's been said to him, has had the football intelligence to do something about it. And this will be amazing, Miggy, privately, as much as it's amazing us, because he's been here something like four years. He's not a newcomer. He hasn't been, you know, transferred. For a long time, he's been asleep. You know, the sleeping giant we talk about, which is Newcastle United, wake it up and it'll win trophies. He's been asleep, but he's not anymore. And he looks absolutely terrific. I'm I'm just waiting with Eddie Howe because nothing's impossible. I'm just waiting for him to put four yards of pace on, on Chris Wood. And all of a sudden, we've got uh, Malcolm McDonald scoring 30 goals a season. Now, that would be a, a miracle to, to manage if that. Any, if anyone can do it, it's Eddie Howe. We've, seen, yes. it with, we've yes. seen it with half the team so far this season. Um, <laughs> look, I would agree with you. I think we, we've spent years watching and praying that McGee was going to find something. And 
you know, how many times we've seen him run down blind alleys and take the wrong pass and not use his right foot. And now it just seems like, as you say, he's he's, he's taken everything on board that Howe's done with him. Howe's spent a lot of work over the summer, you know, mm. working on his finishing, working on his positioning, um, and he's reaping the rewards. And, and I think we can all agree, you know, there probably isn't a nicer man than it's happened to because he's always got a smile on his face, hasn't he? Bless him. Well, um, he's, the sort of, he's the sort of guy you're desperate to be successful, aren't you? Because yeah. he, you know, he, he's always smiling. He's always trying. He runs like the wind. He works twice as hard as anybody else on the pitch. And they all work hard now. But he works twice as hard. And you just think, give the lad an even break. Let something happen for him. And this is the even break. I mean, seven goals in thirteen games. He didn't. He didn't score seven in his first three seasons here. I think. And it, it is wonderful. And. And the miracle, the individual miracles still happen, and that's what I like. Aaron. it, it's not just about buying well and money. Yes, we bought well, Trippier, Bruno, etc., etc. But the players that were here, they'd have responded to Eddie Howe, like Almiron, like uh, Joe Linton, like Shaw. They, they, it's been a miracle when you look at those to what they were. You thought they they're never going to improve. But so much of life is about confidence. If you believe you can do something, and I mean really, really believe it, then you can. And that applies to us all. That is life. So much of life is confidence. This is what Eddie Howe gives him. Because when he looks in, you look in Eddie Howe's eyes, you can tell that he actually believes what he's saying. He's not conning you. He mm. believes that you can do this and you buy into it. Well, this is, this is the big debate, isn't it? Critics will say that Newcastle are where they are because they've spent £200 million and yeah. look, look, they, ha they have spent a lot of money in two windows, but you look at that Tottenham game the other week where they won. Fabian Shea, you inherited. Almiron, yeah. Jolinton, Willick, Longstaff, Callum Wilson. He's inherited all these players. Yes. And Fabian Shea is the perfect example. A lot of people talk about the Jolinton example and the Miggy example, but Fabian Shea under Rafa Benitez was fantastic and he fell off a cliff under Bruce and now he's back to playing arguably his best football. And I think that's the best thing about Eddie Howe, isn't it? Is that, yes, they've recruited well, but he's managed to eke out so much more from these players that were really, really struggling under the previous manager. That That's the quite unbelievable thing for me, um, is to see. Because you watch these fellas closely and they look shot. I mean, Shaw, looked he, he was a walking mistake. He was always going to drop a monumental clanger. And that's been eliminated from his game. And I mean, even early doors, people that aren't around now, like Kraft, looked as it looked gone and then looked a, a, quite a decent backup to Trippier before he was injured. Shelby responded when when um, when Eddie first came and now he's been missing for for quite a while. But you look at the whole thing and you think, yeah, um, things are happening. And of course. The worry from Eddie's point of view is that when we go out making our signings, he's got to get good ones. And I'm not just talking about good players. I'm talking about mentally and buying into the team thing, good characters, because you don't want to upset this apricot. That's one of the reasons why we're so successful is the togetherness and the commitment together. You don't want to stick a, a couple of ringers in there else you've suddenly got trouble. Mm, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who, the, who they do go oh. 
uh, January. Please get a centre forward, by the way, Alan. If there's one thing in in January that would make me feel really comfortable for the second half of the season in terms of qualifying for Europe, it would be to get a centre forward. Always the most difficult position to buy for. Isaac's not a centre forward. He, he can fill in there, but he can't play with his back to goal. He he likes to. He's a wonderful player. Mm-hmm. Potentially, don't get me wrong. He's a wonderful player, but he's not what we call a centre forward, as Wilson and Shearer, um, Andy Cole, etc., are, who are very comfortable playing between the sticks, back to goal, etc., etc. I can see he's playing wide, yeah, in uh, coming in on uh, uh, behind Wilson on Wilson's shoulder, etc., and being terrific. But he's not your orthodox centre forward. Um, Wood is, but not of a good enough quality, I'm afraid. Yeah. We have to get somebody of quality in that position. Easier said than done. It's the toughest position in the world. Why? Because they're the blue-eyed boys. They're the, the guys that cost twice as much because they stick the ball in the net. Well, and, and you've got the added sort of extra that it's the January window and clubs. If they didn't want to sell it in Newcastle in the summer, they oh. won't. Certainly won't want to sell them no, now that they're in the no. top six. January is going. is going to be hard, especially for a centre forward to yeah. get a centre forward. I'm just hoping because that would really nail on Europe in the second half of the season. I'll really? wait until the summer if necessary, but uh, if I'm greedy, I would like to say it in January. <laughs> I think we're all a bit greedy nowadays, aren't we? We know that they can go out and spend. <laughs> Right, let's look ahead to Saturday then. So, obviously, we know that there's going to have to be an enforced change in the middle of the park, and that is because Jolin is going to be missing. Um, yeah. We've seen him play a bit further up the pitch in recent games. He's been out on the left. Do you think how looks at that team on Sunday and says, let's just stick with Bruno, Willick and Longstaff, who, who have been impressive, or would you be tempted to try and get Shelby back in before the World Cup? Well, well, my feeling, and we never know what Eddie's feelings are and, and, until two o'clock on a three o'clock kickoff and the team comes out. Um, but Eddie's a very loyal lad. And if you look recently, unless a change is forced on him, and it will be forced on him on Saturday because of Joe Linton, he tends to go unchanged, um, which has kept burning at left back, which has been justified by Burns form even though he doesn't look a natural left back um, no I think he will go outside of Joe Linton and any unforeseen injuries which we don't know about and that could include Shaw who I think had a bit of a hamstring that would be a problem I would think Lascelles would probably come in there if Shaw is unable to start but he would be a miss um, no I think that he will go with um, with Willick and um, Sean Longstaff with Bruno and the only change will be what we would have called in the old fashioned days the outside left which is where Joe Linton played in the last games and you've got cover there um, I, I, I think I don't think Shelby who hasn't played this season until mm. now forget pre-season um, and he's been introduced for a matter of minutes in the last two games hasn't he I think he would look to bring him on a bit more at Southampton, say, uh, for half an hour, and then perhaps start him against Palace in the League Cup on the Wednesday, and rather than starting him down there, first and foremost, would be quite a risk because he's only played minutes. And secondly, what are you going to say to Willock or, or, or Longstaff? 
It drops mm. out. The, the, you know, the way they've been playing, and he doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't do that. So I don't think they'll start Shelby down there. I think we might get more minutes out of him in the second half and that he might play against him um, and, and even start against Palace. But uh, no, I mean, it, it, the choice is more likely. And do you dare start Maxi? Well, that loyalty question comes into it again, because as you said earlier, Jacob Murphy's played every game. Yes, you know, we know he doesn't have that same quality as Maxi, but I thought he looked very sharp against Villa. He came on, he wanted to make things happen. Um, and Maxi, though, is going to be itching to start. And it's do you take that risk with him when he's had so many setbacks, or do you stay loyal to Jacob Murphy down the left? Yeah, that's it. I mean, Murphy will get on. Whatever happens, because he either starts or gets on. There was that story proved that. So he, he'll get on. I mean, there's Ryan Fraser can come into the picture as well. We're not badly off out wide in terms of bodies. Uh, again, he may keep Maxi and Shelby for the second half. And if you want to introduce them, because they normally make changes in the League Cup, uh, then Maxi and Shelby could start there. May I, in passing, and it'll be talked about next week, not now, May I in passing say to Eddie, don't forget, don't take the League Cup too lightly. We would love to win the trophy up here. We're home to Crystal Palace. It's a real opportunity. Don't put out the under-21s. Let's go and beat them. Let's not make too many changes. Uh, it was easier to pick a team to win at Tranmere, Alan, than it will be to pick a team to beat Crystal Palace. Mm. Um, but that's for next week's discussion. For the moment... I've got a feeling you're right. You'll, you'll stick with the two boys in midfield and you could well start with Murphy out wide. It's just, I think he would be more tempted to start with Maxi than he would with Shelby at this stage of the proceedings. But he might use them both off the bench. And I mean, the team at the moment's doing fine as a team. Uh, so the minimum of changes, and I would only expect, unless Shaw is more injured than we think, or somebody else is ill that we know nothing about. Uh, somebody for Joe Linton would probably be the, the one changing the starting lineup. I would, I would suspect. I think I'd have to agree with you. We know Eddie how he, he is very loyal and he doesn't like to change a winning team. No. Um, so I think, and I think they've got that. And they won well, Evan. And they yeah. won well. I think it's a blessing they've got that cup game next week. As you say, they can start to ease a couple of players back in. Mm. Um, but I think one thing we know about how is that he's going to take these cup competitions seriously. And I can imagine there'll be quite a strong team out next Wednesday. I, I sincerely hope so, because we want to get into Europe. We want to do this. We want to do that, etc., etc. Et no question about that whatsoever. But I tell you what, winning a domestic trophy would not half be nice. We haven't done so since 1955. I mean, even I was in short trousers when we last won something, and uh, it, I haven't done that too often in recent years. So, yeah, we would love to win a trophy. I mean, if Eddie or Amanda want to know what it's like and think everything that's happening now with war flags and everything is absolutely wonderful, let them bring a trophy back on the top of a bus from Wembley, and they'll see what a... a Crackers Geordies are really like if they do that because that would be something sensational. We've never won that trophy, you know. Um, one final, Supermax final of um, 76, that's it. So let's do that. But anyway, Southampton first. We, we, we want three points and yeah. I believe we can get three points. Southampton are no great shakes. 
They've lost seven out of thirteen. Um, we've lost one out of thirteen. Yeah. Uh, they've only scored eleven goals in thirteen games. They they, they fire in the way Miggy used to. Um, so then they'll be difficult. They're at home. They're fighting for their lives, but they're not a good side. I mean, one of the things that's talked about all over the country is how long their manager can last. You know, he's been in a bigger sack race and uh, it's incredible and he's still hanging on there. Um, but no, I would hope, I would go down there with confidence. Yeah. Uh, I would expect Newcastle to win and that's crazy from previous years to be able well, to say you expect it. This is the thing, it is becoming an expectation now, isn't it? And it's more it sort is. of when they'll win rather than if they win. I mean, you've touched on some good stats there from Southampton. They've got obviously one win since August 30th. They beat Bournemouth last month, but one win in six or seven. They're really struggling. As you say, Ralph Hassenhutl, the manager, his favourite currently with the bookies to get sacked. And there is just this expectation now that the little teams around Newcastle, the teams that are in around the relegation zone, you can go down to their place and get three points. And I think, you know, not to, to tempt fate, but I think they are going to go and I think they will get three points down there. Yep, well said. I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, um, I, I look at them for a start. I mean, we're tempting fate here, haven't we? Well, this situation, we are definitely tempting fate. But they've scored 11 goals in 13 games, and we have the meanest defence in the Premier League. Now, that tells you they don't score. And if they don't score, they don't win. So, we're on a draw straight away. Um, so, if you follow that theory in Derry, well, yes, we did. Um, but I don't want to tempt things to. But facts are facts. And if you follow those facts, they struggle for goals. We don't let in goals. Um, and in the month of October, when we won five and drew one out of six, we not only just let in three goals in those six games, but we scored 16. Yeah. You know, we got a, a four and a five, didn't we, etc. But I mean, you know, I think. We'll go down there, and I think we'll win. And um, I'm going for two nil. If they want to make it three nil, that's quite all right by me. But um, I'm going. Uh, I would. I never like forecasting the score because that's just a dip in the ocean. You've got no uh, score in the first five minutes, and you'll run in five. Don't score before the hour is up, and you're suddenly thinking ups a daisy. So you don't know what the score will be. But I think they'll win. And if I had to put money on a score, I would go two now. I think I think you're pretty much spot on with that. I think you know Newcastle, as you say, 16 goals in October. They're not shipping many. That defence looks solid. As we say, we're sat here touching wood, hoping we haven't jinxed it. But I think hopefully we're in a good position to get three points. So fingers crossed that two 0 comes in. Thank you very much to everyone at home listening. Uh, we'll have plenty more podcasts over the weekend. We'll have some instant reaction from Lee Ryder um, at St Mary's on Sunday. We'll also be back next week to review the game. And we'll have Givo on next week to look ahead to Chelsea after hopefully what is a League Cup win. So yes. thank you very much, Gibbo, as per usual, for joining us. And thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll catch you again very, very soon. Take care. Keep the faith.